0: Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you will pick up. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everyone. Another fantastic episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast episode 198. I hope everybody is doing well. Topic for today, can you sell your business today with Krish Ravipati? How are you, Krish?
1: Good, Daz. How are you?
0: Very, very well. Thank you so much. Now, Krish is the first person I know to appear on a podcast without ever having listened or viewed a podcast. So I'm very it's impressed, Krish. <laughs> Your claim to That's fame.
1: Absolutely. That's it. That's it. Yes. I was listening That's to a Nick Kreese um, podcast and I said, what is a podcast? I, uh, I, I know a podcast, but I've never listened to it. But yes, I wanted to be the first person on the planet. So thank you for the opportunity, Darren.
0: <laughs> My pleasure. Well, welcome. Now, for everyone out there, just a little bit of a, a background into who Chris is. Chris is a CPA, a value builder, author, keynote speaker, and an MC. He's an accountant with an unusually colourful personality. He has been advising businesses for the past 15 years in the capacity of financial accountant, financial controller, and software consultant, from businesses ranging from 5 million turnover all the way to a couple of billion dollars. He currently works as business partner at Peak Value Advisory, a firm that advises businesses on making their business into a sellable state, no matter whether they want to sell today three years down the line or not at all. But he loves small and medium business where the decisions are made swiftly, the strategies need to be adjusted on the fly, and businesses need to adapt to market conditions dynamically. So today we're going to be chatting all about how to make your business sale ready, which is not something that's that easy to do, I can imagine. So, Chris, tell us a bit more about your background. How did you get into this line of work, and why you love it so much?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Daz. That was fantastic introduction. Exactly as you said. Um, for the past fifteen years, I've been doing financial controlling and um, and software implementation wow. uh, to all sorts of companies. Software are predominantly for construction companies. Yeah. But previous prior to that, I was in in a distribution company. I was an import export company, nice. but also a bit of insolvency as well. Okay um and we had to deal with a lot of small businesses uh, very unfortunately, they were going insolvent or you know bankruptcy. And then when you look at it um uh, because uh, when they run the business, yes, you know, we all um, start off as 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 craftsmen, as we say, you know, yep. we love doing what we do yep. and we think that oh the we do much better than the employer. So we want to come out and start a business and work for ourselves. Yes. So we're all basically craftsmen or uh, inside us. But when you come out and start a business, all of a sudden you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur. That's
0: right. It's
1: not like you only want to do what you love doing. There's a lot of other moving parts to it. Now the income needs to come in, you know, sales needs to happen, purchases need to happen, and there's a lot of decisions that need to happen. And I noticed that the business, the people who are fantastic in they tried not so good managing the business managing a business is completely entirely a new 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 kettle of fish I guess yeah so that's where I thought hang on there should be something that should assist these craftsmen to become a business entrepreneur and that's where it all started saying that yeah let's help the businesses to have that education and also all in all starting the journey from the craftsman to businessman, but end of the day, you all want to work less and make more money and travel more. Now, again, there is a component of business management, but also business selling. So I thought, you know, yeah, maybe I'll I'll fit in right nicely to assist the business owner in all these sectors.
0: Love it. It's kind of like when yeah, they say so. working. On the business rather than working in the business.
1: In the business. That's the very, very commonly used phrase, but it's very hard to explain, hang on, what is on the business?
0: That's
1: right. So when, when you put a structure around it, this is what working on the business means, it suddenly makes sense to the entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, okay. And also interestingly, a very good fact is that 85% of businesses in Australia are small businesses. And this 85% businesses employ again, almost 85 to 90 percent of employees in Australia. Wow. So everybody who's putting food on their dinner table is because of that small businesses.
0: Incredible.
1: Unfortunately, these small businesses, when they're exiting, the entrepreneurs are not getting enough respect and dignity yep. when they're selling the business. So I thought, yeah, you know, there's there's an opportunity for me to help businesses to grow but also help them to get that dignity and respect when they're selling. So that's where it's all started.
0: (laughs) Perfect. And just as a side note, what's your definition of a small business versus a large business? It's always a tricky one.
1: It's always a tricky one. There is a textbook definition, like um, something like, uh, don't count me on the numbers, but roughly 5 million and below is small business, 50 employees and below a small business. And there's also an asset valuation. Uh-huh. Um, I, it's been 15 years since I did taxation, so <laughs> not those numbers. However, I was I was interviewing um, uh, a CEO of BX Networking, right. Matt Alderton, yep. and Matt gave this interesting statistics that 85% of businesses turn over less than two fifty thousand. Wow! They all work. Uh, they all come at a small business, so you can see how small small businesses are. Yeah!
0: Wow! Uh,
1: still they employ people. Still they pay. Uh, PayG and taxes yeah. and everything, but you can see how much Australia relies on this smaller, smaller businesses.
0: Yeah, absolutely incredible, incredible. And these incredible days, number. more and more, everybody is a lot of people, as you say, are becoming uh, business owners from become always working as a craftsman, and they yeah. want to work by themselves, and they work with VAs or you know small teams, and a lot of people fall into that little space.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Fantastic, and. Now I've read that you know eight out of ten businesses don't sell, so let's yes. elaborate on that. Is that because they don't want to sell, they don't know how to sell, they are not sellable?
1: Exactly. The third point is the one. It's 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 basically not sellable, right? Right. I'll I always give this example, a funny example. Say you've got two businesses. One is McDonald's. Yep. And one is Crisius Burgers.
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> right. Absolutely, anyone wants to buy, they want to buy McDonald's. Even though the Krish's Burgers has got the same output, same layout, same people wearing same uniform. Could even be better. um, Even if it's better, people don't want to buy Krish's Burgers because nobody knows. Now, one thing, what the prospective buyer is buying is your future chunk of profits. Yes. He doesn't care what you have done so far in your historical time. We're all very proud of what we did as business entrepreneurs because that's our baby. That's our brainchild. That's right. That's We have developed it. We're very intimate. We're very passionate of our business. But when it comes to selling, the future buyer doesn't care what you've done. Fantastic. He'll give you three three cheers. But all (laughs) he's interested is, will McDonald's be able to make the same sales, same profit in the future five years? Will Chris's burger will do the same profit, same margins in the future and same sales in the future. So all of a sudden, the business you want to sell should be uh, feasible and should be pleasing in the eyes of a buyer. And eight out of 10 businesses, like one factor is it's all in the heads, like say, for example, systems, processes, how is a burger made? Yeah. The entrepreneur knows. Krish knows everything in his head. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's
1: not imparting that knowledge to the new people who come in. And Krish needs to be doing the burgers and flipping the burgers. That's Whereas nice. McDonald's, Raw Rod McDonald's or Roy McDonald's or Ray McDonald's, he doesn't need to be there. The systems are there. The videos are there. The training is done. That's exactly. one example. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as you get the owner out of the business and make the business run on its own, all of a sudden, anyone can buy. Yeah. And uh, I was actually another example, I was actually talking to um a person who's who owns a mechanic shed, like in a car mechanic shed. And this person is a hands-on person. Yeah. He wants to sell the business. Mm-hmm. He can only sell this to another qualified mechanic.
0: That's right. Another craftsman in a way.
1: A, another craftsman. But whereas if he puts the process in place saying that look, he puts a roaster in a senior manager comes in or a senior technician comes in and it's got a junior technician and apprentice, all of a sudden, Darren, you and I can buy that business even though we we can't even move a move a spanner.
0: That's right.
1: Because it's a business on its own. So all of a sudden, the owner needs to look at the business as a commodity that he can sell rather than something he makes money out of it rather than he's looking at it as a job. So that's why eight out of 10 businesses, they're just doing a job but not looking at a business as a sellable commodity. So the new buyer is not interested.
0: Perfect. And of course, you know, I suppose we have to make that disclaimer as well. You know, some people actually are very happy to just work day-to-day doing what they love and running the business and not selling it. Then that's great. But if you want to find a business that is going to be sellable and that you can exit one day, then of course we have to look at all these factors.
1: Correct. Correct. And that's what I always keep saying, that business will be one of the biggest assets you will ever own in your life. Yeah. You know, more worthy than your house and a car as well. True. And it's always your superannuation funding, isn't it? Because as entrepreneurs, we don't do much of superannuation contributions. right. Business yeah. is our retirement yeah. nest. That's so right. yes, we can work as much as you want. But once we start looking at it as a hang on, I can sell this then all of a sudden the whole perspective changes. And yeah, you can make money from the from the from the profitable business, from a yeah. saleable yeah. business.
0: Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So let's chat about, you know, how do people start thinking about their business structure and their systems and all the key drivers that are in a business that make them healthy and make them saleable when they need to be?
1: Look, absolutely. Um, I always talk about these eight key drivers, right? So there are eight absolutely essential key drivers. It could be, once again, pardon my example, Chris's burgers yeah. or McDonald's <laughs> or Facebook yep. or even Amazon. Right. So it could be a million dollar or a $100,000 turnover or you know, a $10 billion turnover. So the first one, as we all know, when you're selling the business, the first one is a financial performance. Yes. Now, every business owner needs to understand there are only three, absolutely just three line items they need to worry about. Money's coming in, which is your income. Yep. And the the core, which makes that money, which is the expense, which is cost of sales. Yes. That yes. absolute thing you need to spend on to make that money. And the third one is the overheads, your telephone expense, gotcha. your rent, where it can be variable. So only these three line items, money's yep. coming in, and even actually, even to simplify it, money's coming in, money's going out.
0: Yeah.
1: That's simply that what you mean. need to look at financial performance. The net profit is what it determines the valuation of your business. Yes. So simple terms, we say two times of the net profit. And I was actually talking to a lady this morning where there's a cafe and they don't put all their sales in the through the till. Oh no. So they take cash that they put, don't put it in the till because they don't want to pay tax on it. No problem. I'm a tax accountant. I don't need to know. But <laughs> what they don't realize is every dollar they're earning, they're only saving 30 cents on it because yes. 30%, but they are losing $2 in the valuation. That's right, because it's
0: not it's, too, uh,
1: it's not recorded
0: Not recorded in the final not, uh, profit.
1: In the final profit. So all of a sudden, this $1 they're saving, they're losing 2 and a half to $3 in valuation. Interesting. Now, imagine they're saving 50,000. All of a sudden, the valuation is reduced by 150,000. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So if that's, you want to sell, that's, that's a big no If s- don't want to sell, no
1: problem. <laughs> no problem. If you don't want to sell, no problem. But yeah. at any point of time, if you even if you want to sell or don't sell, this will be a collateral security to go and buy a new house. Yeah. So the valuation is lesser and lesser if you don't show in the books. That's a
0: good point. And actually, when you mentioned you know the usual obviously it's very very variable as well depending on the industry depending on the business but you know i've heard i think values of anywhere from 2 to 5 times the ebit as, yes is generally your your how they start calculating your sale figure
1: absolutely right? absolutely it's so what happens is that 2 to 5 times it depends exactly and the on the industry so the ebit yes a very very technical term you know Earnings before interest tax amortization and depreciation. So EBITDA, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't go that deep. Thank you, Dad. Yes, yes, that's right. am yeah. in Australia, accountant.
0: even is America. This is something there's a difference between Australia and
1: America. I think we still call it as EBITDA. Right. It's you know, you got interest, taxation, depreciation, and amortization. So uh, okay. all those four factors. Uh, and then you have some add backs as well, because depreciation is not really money going out of the bank account. It's, it's it's the money you put aside to buy the asset. Yep. So two to five times. However, software companies like you know WhatsApp, all of a sudden it was sold for some crazy $20 billion or something. That's right. So even though some companies don't make any money, it all depends on your future profitability and what yes. you're buying as a company valuation. Yes. So it's yes. not a straight two to five times. There are lots and lots of factors which come in. Like, for example, the second one I have is a growth potential. Perfect. Right? Um, I was talking to one gentleman at Small Business Expo last month. So I'll try to give you all practical examples, Australian, right. Brisbane-based. Yeah. Fantastic. So this gentleman walks in and he does um ISO certifications. ISO certifications. Yep. So he's got probably $150,000, $200,000 as as net profit. And he's thinking, yeah, my business worth is probably two times $400,000. But what we realized is his market share is only this much. The market availability that he can capture is so big because there are not many companies who's doing it. Right. So just because he's only doing $200,000 it doesn't mean his valuation is 400 it could even go 4 million dollars because the potential because of the growth potential Thank so you. if you can show that to the potential buyer and 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 another example i'll give you is there's a guy who does this um uh, he testimonials on a video right so he takes your photo he gets you to read a script yep and you can actually use your photo to to get the AI, artificial intelligence, to do whatever you want to say, right. and it looks like you're actually talking. Yep. And very, very small portion is doing it. Wow. Once again, the growth potential is enormous.
0: Yes, absolutely. Another
1: gentleman, we we know there's a gentleman called Luke. He does video trainings. Once again, the growth potential. I think he's the only one in Australia who's doing it. So growth potential is enormous. That's exactly. very, very big factor in valuation.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good point these days as well. Maybe not so much right now, but in the past five to 10 years, there've been a lot of businesses that never made any money, but they just kept getting funding, either yep. private or public. Yep. And they and the growth potential of the, like Uber, for example, I think Uber just started it, making I money.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look at SpaceX. Yeah you know there's there's no money coming in but 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 it's it's just a valuation because yeah. of the future potential that's,
0: so that's what so the big tech companies as well they look for that as well
1: absolutely the Facebook growth potential buys
0: instagram or buys whatsapp or whatever they do
1: that's right that's right and uh, i was actually looking at uh, an app called pineapple app yeah oh,
0: okay
1: apparently the gen z people
0: yep, they're man. using
1: pineapple app for your linkedin because apparently it's like Imagine a LinkedIn and Instagram had a baby. Okay. That would be the pineapple app <laughs> because they cool. want to show themselves. All the Zen, Gen cool. Z are going pineapple app. I said, oh, that's good. So there's a great potential for that pineapple app.
0: Yeah, I've never heard right? of that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: And the next one is what we call a Switzerland structure. So it's interesting is how independent you are to your customers, yep. suppliers, and even employees. Wow. so if you're selling everything to one customer and the customer goes bust you're gone yes you know I'll give you another example from construction is yeah. condev so when condev gone bust in Gold Coast yeah. all the subcontractors who relied on condev they're gone that's right and same thing with supplier if there's one supplier you're relying on and if the supplier goes bust then all of a sudden you your, your supply is gone your supply will stop Interestingly, same thing with one employee. Yeah,
0: so, that's a very good point. I like that.
1: So if the business is heavily reliant on one CEO who has been there for 15 years, yep. and the new prospective buyer who comes in, he looks at the business and says, okay, Chris is a CEO, and if Chris retires, or Chris and I have a disagreement, Chris leaves, I don't have anyone to run this business. Yeah. So that's heavily reliant on one employee. That's right.
0: And that's obviously where systems come in. You need to really- systems, systems come in. Absolutely. You yes. have to rely on one person.
1: Correct. So we had this system when I was working as a financial controller, is every person needs to know at least one other person's job. Yeah. So in my team, the work was never stopped. So you can go on holidays, you can do urgent work, someone needs to make the payment. At least three people knew how to do the ABA file and make the payment run happen. It. You know, so all these critical things, systems, processes, and procedures.
0: Beautiful. Right?
1: Um, The next one I have is a valuation seesaw.
0: Okay. Very
1: interesting one. Very, very interesting one is how much money you have in the bank account when you sell the business. Oh, okay. What happens is when the buyer comes in, he writes two checks. One is for you to buy the business. As, as, as a seller, one is to working capital of the company, of the right. business. Okay. The more money you have in the bank account, that money comes to you in more folds. Okay. I'll say this slowly again. Say, for example, you have a debtor's, you raise debtor's invoices. Yep. And you collect all the money in cash on delivery yep. and leave the money in the bank account. In the bank, yep. And have the accounts payable, paid at 30 days end of month. So don't pay suppliers. So that means that money is in the bank account, which is to be paid. But when the buyer comes in, he looks at the money in the bank account and he said, okay, I don't need to fund the working capital for the business. I will give that to the seller.
0: Right. Even though that, as you say, those that money might still need to be paid to suppliers.
1: Right. Yes, absolutely. Because... If there is no money, then the buyer is thinking, I need to pay the supplier, so i have to fund. So if it's 000, ah,
0: okay, it has got $100,000, okay,
1: he pays $40,000 to the suppliers and $60,000 to you.
0: Okay.
1: So don't drain the money from the bank account. Leave it there. Leave it there. Okay. That's just one example. But just thinking about it, like cash flow, the valuation is the more money in the bank account, the more money the seller will get in his pocket.
0: That's right. Because very, very
1: interesting concept. They don't have to
0: worry Underward about the cash capital. flow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Worry about the cash flow. That's right. That's right. Because every time a new owner comes in, naturally, there's a transition period. There's a handover period. So everything will be all over the place. Yep. So that transition period is taken care of by the money in the bank account.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, interesting. That, uh, when, I, when I read that, um, because well, I'm a qualified value builder as well on the value builder system, so it said, Oh, that's very interesting. Never thought of that. I never thought about that at all. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. So it. that's a valuation So And the next one, what we call it, is a recurring revenue. Yep. Very interesting concept again is that what makes the customers keep on coming back to you? Yeah. Now, they're fantastic examples. The classic example is your Nescafe machine. The that's machine's fun. cheap, the pods, is what it makes money for the company.
0: That's right. Same
1: yeah. with Kyocera um, photocopier. Yep. The photocopier is cheap, but the cartridge is what it gets you the money.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Right? And sometimes what you call is what we call a subscription model.
0: Exactly, yep. You
1: know, like yeah. Bloomberg, the money goes keeps on going from the bank account, from your credit card. That's right. Yep, so
0: you're locked in, and you pay so much every month, and that's just recurring revenue. For
1: recurring however revenue. long
0: that continues.
1: Yeah. Continues, yes. And the fourth one is gym membership. Yeah, People yeah. don't go to gym. Yep. So the way, <laughs> the difference is the money keeps on going out of your bank account until you cancel it. That's right. Whereas some of the things every year, like RACQ membership, you get an invoice every month, every year. Yep. And you're required to take your credit card out. And, it, and you have to pay, pay for it, it every year. Physically yes. pay it. So like even your Reggio for example, that's you right. have an option to change your insurance. Correct. So that is triggering the customer to go and research. Yes. Whereas the gym membership, until you cancel it, it's in perpetuity.
0: That's Money right.
1: keeps on going out and out and out and out.
0: That's right. And a lot of the apps these days, you know, when yeah. you sign up for an app, it's automatically just paid. It's ongoing until you, until cancel, you it. cancel it. Yep.
1: Yes. So that's where they changed it as well. like Like Microsoft. They used to sell a $700 um, MS office. Yeah. And that's it. People used to use for 10 years, 15 years. That's right. But that's right. They stopped. They, they were not getting the recurring revenue. So now if you go, everything is a subscription-based model. Yeah. So the monies keep coming in, keep coming in, keep coming in. Yeah. Right. So that's there's also a calculation, what we call LTV, Lifetime Customer Value. Right. It's amazing that... When the customer pays you $1,000 a year to $20 a month, even though the value he's paying is less, the value of the lifetime of the customer is much, much, much more than the $1,000 he pays once off.
0: Definitely. Assuming you continue running the business in in a great manner and he's still loyal to you and he enjoys the product and et cetera. Fantastic.
1: That's it. That's it. And when I give this example, many of my customers ask, Well, Krish, I'm not a software consultant, I'm a cafe. How do I make sure the customers keep coming back? (laughs) And I go, like, well, you have these loyalty cards, every sixth coffee is free. That's right. The guy is buying five copies from you. That's right. Just to get that sixth coffee. Yep. So I go like, oh. So in every business, you always need to look for that recurring factor. What makes the customer come back to you? How can you make the customer keep coming back. So when it comes to the valuation of the business, the prospective buyer is actually looking at the database and the chunk of future money, which is coming in yep. saying that, yeah, okay, yep, okay, that money is coming in. Perfect. I got a guarantee.
0: And here's a great idea. Why don't cafes do the same thing? Why don't they do a subscription model and say, pay me so much a month, you get as many coffees as you want and you just keep coming back.
1: I'll give you a fantastic example, just similar to cafe. There was apparently a florist shop in America. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So the only two occasions people used to buy flowers was on a Valentine's Day or a Mother's Day. Yes. Or if you're late wishing your wife on the engagement or the wedding anniversary. <laughs> That's right. You buy a $100 flowers to make it up for it. Yeah. So this guy went out and he said, you know what, just give me subscription. So he went to hotels and he said, just pay me $10 every week and I'll come. I will replace the flowers to the new flowers. Like you don't have to come out. We will provide that service. Mm -hmm. We change the flowers every week and you just pay us. So you don't have to worry about paying one big bill. You have consistency, $10 every week. That worked. And then he went to another hotel, another hotel, another hotel. And all of a sudden from just two days of demand a year, he has created a demand for the entire year.
0: Exactly. So in the
1: same way, cafe, uh, one of my very good friends owns a cafe in Springwood. Yeah. He is next to an aged care and he has got this deal with the aged care people saying that we will provide you the cake or macaroons or um, yeah. um, you know, uh, for, for your pies yep. every Friday or every Wednesday <laughs> where the visitors come in. That's it. That's consistent. That's consistent. Revenue. I'll do a deal it. for you. And he knows how much to cook. There's no yeah, waste stage,
0: right?
1: So even cafes everywhere, there's possibility to have this recurring revenue coming in. You just mm-hmm. have to think outside the box. Like oh, even our accounting, yeah, you know, we yeah. get money four times a year when the Bass period happens. That's correct. And we changed it, saying that look, not quarterly, pay us monthly. Yeah. And we provide you the bookkeeping service. We provide you the assistance. We provide you the phone assistance. You can call us four phone calls. Um, half an hour each, yep. but you pay us every month. Perfect. The credit card comes in. So we know the, consistently the cash flow in, the customer knows cash flow out, and it's all streamlined.
0: Love it. Beautiful. Absolutely. It's all about thinking outside the box and how we can That's it. invent those methodologies for recurring
1: revenue. Recurring revenue. All right. And uh, I got three more. Right. Uh, the next one is a good one, is monopoly control, monopolistic control. Uh-huh. We're all accountants. Why should people come to me? And we need to ask that question. Every business, like there are hundreds of businesses, unless I, those examples I gave you, which are unique businesses's got a lot of growth potential. That's right. Predominantly, every business, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of businesses like that accountants, lawyers, real estate agents, you know, cafes, um, mechanic shops,, yep. hundreds of them. What makes you unique? You know, what's your monopolistic control? Yes, it's a competitive world out there, but what's your monopoly? Yes. And very interesting is that one of the tradies I was working with when I was talking about this, he said, Krish, I am always on time on completion of my projects. That's it. That's all I do. I tell you a deadline. I'll give you a date that project finishes in the 15, 20 years of my career. Apart from once or twice, which are out of my control, I've always delivered projects on time. I said, mate, that's your monopolistic control.
0: Fantastic.
1: That's it. So you, so this guy, when he puts a date on the document, the customer is assured that the project is finished on that time. Perfect. So all of a sudden, when you say monopolistic control, you don't have to really stand out and shout and you know be be so much visible there's subtle things so when you keep talking to the entrepreneurs like we ask these questions tell me tell me why tell me why are people should different? come to you why is so special why are you different <laughs> what should you project to the market that you're yep. different yep. and then it's also a good feeling for them because you know we're making them aware and just start thinking of that i'm yeah i'm an accountant i'm just Every accountant does this taxation. Yeah. Why should people come to us? Yeah. So we say like, when people come to us, like I was talking to my business managing partner yesterday and uh, he was interested. He was like, yeah, mate, what do you think? Yeah. And then he said one thing, Krish, people come to me with problems. They only think of me when uh, as a business advisor when there's a problem. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: When they sit in front of me, after one hour of consultation, I see them going like this, they're like,
0: ah, they can relax.
1: Thanks, Patty. I think <laughs> that was a good chat, mate. That's it. And he oh. said, I look for that. Yeah. People, before they leave my office after one hour, yep. I make sure they get that feeling. And <laughs> one week later or one month later, they call me saying that thank you for the strategy. I implemented it's much better now. Fantastic. But look at the subtle thing he said. So he he waits for the people to go back, <laughs> take a big sigh. Said, thanks, Patty. Love it. That's it. That's his monopolistic under how simple was that? Yeah, that's right. I said, right, awesome. I'm gonna share this. I said, yeah, sure. And that and that creates
0: recurring revenue because people come back to you. And it creates like word you. of mouth and referrals as well.
1: Referral, fantastic. And the next exact point is the customer satisfaction. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for leading into that. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> customer satisfaction is so important, Darren. As as you know, you know we are in an online world doing podcasting. Yep. How like people just don't realize uh, when the customer is in front of you and you give a fantastic service, that's a great opportunity to get a review from them straight away, then and there. Yep. Because once they leave your premises, the chances of them giving you a review is downgraded by fifty percent
0: for sure. Agree.
1: Once they sit in the car, another 50% is gone. That's right. If they leave your compound, gone, mate. You're not getting a review from them. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a statistics behind this customer review, what we call a NPS, net promoter score. Right. So if you got a review of one to 10, zero to six people, interestingly, we call them detractors. Right they yeah use your service they say "Eh, all right yeah i'll give you a review just because i have to because you asked me (laughs) even the people who give you six yeah the people who really like your service are the people who are giving you nines and tens correct they are the promoters right every person in front of you you need to aim to get nine or ten wow seven eight what we call they stay in the middle. So, the net promoter score is the number of reviews you got from nine and 10, and the difference between the number of reviews you got from zero to six. Right. So, for example, if you've got 100 reviews, 50 people gave you nine and 10. Yep. 40 people gave you six, not even zero, six, 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 six. Your net promoter score is 50 minus 40 is only 10.
0: Right. I see. Gotcha. Only
1: 10. Now, Anything more than zero is good. Anything more than 30 is better. Yep. 50 is, good. It is, wow. is, is, is amazing. You need to aim for 60 or 70 for the small businesses, which becomes fantastic. Wow. Eh? I think even Nike and those big companies, they are sitting somewhere around 70, 60 to 70.
0: Gotcha.
1: Right? Or even below that. So there's a mathematical calculation for it, as how you get the review. Wow! If someone's giving you a nine and ten, that's fantastic. No problem at all. Now have a QR code ready. Have a link ready. So make it easy for the guys to go and check it. Like I was um, right. at um, at uh, yesterday. I was uh, Everton Park,
0: yeah, and
1: yeah. there was a thing called Oh My God Donuts, and they they were doing temporary setup. And they were doing all these fantastic donuts. And I said, yeah, all right, I'll try one. <laughs> there was a coffee, coffee donut or something. So I yep, tried yep, that. It was yep. beautiful. Yep. And I said, this is good. So I voluntarily went to them
0: Lovely. and I
1: said, I'm happy to give you a review. And the lady was very happy. And she took immediately took out a pink card, which has got a QR code, Lovely. and said, oh, you can scan it. So I immediately scanned it and right. went to the review page. I pressed five star and said, Fantastic Donuts, that's it.
0: Beautiful. But
1: that has created so much value, my review, because now that is a five-star review. In our world, it's nine and 10 review. That's right. So the customer satisfaction and the net promoter score has gone up with that review. Yep. So if people are giving you six and below, there are ways you can go back and say, hang on a second, what did we do wrong?
0: Yeah, why, why, where's the wow factor? Why didn't Where, we where, is,
1: where did we miss the wow factor? Yep. All right, and then you can have a discussion there and always have this, if they give constructive criticism, you say, yeah, thank you very much. But if they're really rude, sometimes you do get from competitors, then have a proper response,
0: Correct. the
1: managing of the reviews. Very
0: but good. the most
1: important thing from this discussion is always ask for review when the customer is in front of you.
0: Perfect.
1: And I think I should go back to my my managing partner Patty and say, Matt, whenever you see people doing, thanks, Patty. That's the moment. <laughs> yep, you need that's to take... when you. Say, here's a here's a QR code. Here here's a QR code. code. <laughs> go, do the review. <laughs> so, okay, that's love really it. important. Yeah.
0: All it. right. Indeed. And the
1: last and the most important, Darren, for ninety five percent of the businesses, small owners is what we call a hub and spoke. Right. So the owner becomes the hub. And all the spokes come to him. What that means is the decision making is still with the owner. Uh The owner needs to go into the business seven days a week to make the decisions because there are thousands of decisions every business owner needs to make on a daily basis. That's why you see Mark Zuckerberg is wearing the same t-shirt because he doesn't want to make the decision what t-shirt I need to wear or what dress I need to wear in the morning. That's his strategy. That's his strategy, one less decision to make. So as a business owner, You make hundreds of decisions on a daily basis. When you become the hub, it's very proud factor for you saying that, yes, I'm in the middle of everything. However, the future buyer is looking at you as, mate, you are the hub. If you go, I don't want to be staying there and making those decisions. I'm buying a business. I'm not buying a job. I'm not interested to buy a job. I want a business that runs on its own. So the first and the foremost thing an owner needs to look at is no matter what he does, systems, processes, procedures, delegation, tasks, the first thing he needs to see is, I am out of my business. Will the business run on its own without me? Gotcha.
0: That was similar to the Switzerland structure, wasn't it?
1: So the Switzerland structure is how dependent on your customer, supplier, and employee. Employee, well, yeah, right, yeah. But whereas the hub and spoke is how dependent is on the director, on the business owner. Yes, on the entrepreneur yes. gotcha right so you need to be independent to the external factors and the internal factors as well uh-huh. and all the viewers who are watching it today or before christmas the litmus test is can you take an extended leave after christmas yeah <laughs> can you go back and take you know, everybody comes in mid-january Can you extend your holidays till end of January or mid-February and will your business run on its own without you? If you say, no, it can't, then you need to come and talk to us. Yeah,
0: love it. And did you, are these your eight key drivers or have you researched this? Is that a common industry knowledge?
1: No, so what we use is we use a system called Value Builder System. Uh So this is a system developed by John Worrelloe uh, a Canadian man.
0: Okay.
1: Um. He has been going very, very good in America and Canada, oh, yeah. and it's really picking up in Australia and New Zealand now. Right. So I think we are one of the probably there are only twenty advisors in Australia. I see. Uh, maybe only five in Queensland. So we are one of the first uh, movers into the industry. Wow. Doing this value builder system. Right. Uh, right. Because see, the value builder system is not only for the businesses who are ready to sell. But just in business and general, yes, of course. Everyone, you know, as we started the discussion, working on the business. Hang on, what does that mean? What is working on the business? So if you just make it in a piece by piece, saying that, look, let's work on these eight drivers, and make sure that the business is running on its own, and then you slowly coming out and looking the business from the bird's view, saying that, yep, I am not involved in a day to day business. My business is not involved in one customer, one supplier, one employee. There's a fantastic growth potential. And then, you know, there's good money in the business as well. And then, everything, customer satisfaction is good. It all comes down to the financial performance, making a good EBITDA. I have a fantastic business as a commodity that is sellable. So, it's all a big process. So, not only the business who are selling, but also businesses who are just running need right. to always look, am I running it, um, you know, as per yeah, the industry yeah. standards, because this value builder has got like 75,000 businesses in the background, which has people have filled up the questionnaire, wow. and it gives you an industry average. Yep. Like what I'm looking at here is, for example, a cafe here, uh, like, uh, you know, customer satisfaction, their industry average is 80, and their score is 81, wow. which is at par, but whereas uh, monopolistic control, industry average is 50, this cafe has got 32. So this gives you what is the industry average, then where are you lacking, and what you can do to at least put to the industry average. Yeah.
0: So is, is that the net promoter score, what you're talking
1: about? Yeah, the net promoter score. Yeah. No, the net promoter score is really good. Yep. They don't have to work on it at all. Uh-huh. So they don't have to promote even more because they're doing fantastic industry average but they don't have monopoly control like they're just a cafe just like every every cafe they don't have anything unique to correct. sell yep
0: okay
1: so we go like okay are you selling birthday cakes are you selling wedding cakes yeah are you do you have a speciality do you have a referral partner who's a wedding planner who can refer to buy cakes from you
0: correct yeah
1: so all these factors will come in to get that monopolistic control factor up because this also gives you an industry average, right? Because everyone wants to know how am I performing against an industry average? Yes. So if you're doing good, don't channel your energies. You're already doing fantastic. There's not much you can do or yes, you like doing it. Small business are very good with customer service, but what are the other factors you can work on to actually bring your business to an industry average performing business. And thereon, you can make it above average, but you need to know where you're standing. So yeah. that's why this this tool is really good in understanding where you're standing, how you can improve, what are the things you need to do. And after improving, whether you want to sell or continue or put a management team in, you go on a holiday, let the business run on its own, do whatever you want. Love it. So yeah, this this is a value builder tool from, from, yeah. from America.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, and I must ask, if someone is going to buy your business, yeah, will they compromise on some of those points, or will they? How will they prioritize those eight those eight drivers?
1: Yes, um, we we classify uh, people into different categories as what stage of life they are mm-hmm. and what are their motivations to sell the business. Mm-hmm. So uh, the retirees, they want to sell the business. And that's your superannuation. So they do have time to work one to two years with us to make the business sellable. Gotcha. Some people who are what we call a mountain climbers, they want to buy the business, put the efficiencies in, flip it and sell it. Gotcha. So that's a different category of people we work with. And we say, okay, what are you trying to achieve? So it's it's it, it really depends on what they want, like even the buyer. Why are you buying this business? They say, like, look, there's a great growth potential, and I want to really invest in it and put the venture capitalist in, private equity in, or put my funding in, because I know every dollar I put in, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna get $18 at the end of three years.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So the whole reason I'm buying this business is to flip it.
0: Yeah. The
1: other business owners, they say, Oh, I want to retire. So some people want to work on some factors only because their intentions are different. Some people say, "Look, Krish, tell me which factor, if I improve, will get maximum valuation in two years' time." Yeah, we go like, "Okay, let's work on those factors only. Don't worry about the other factors because yeah, they do give you valuation, but not as much as you want." Gotcha. So it really depends on what um, what are the motivations of the of the seller.
0: Gotcha. So basically, the seller as well can sometimes look at the whole picture and even just if everything else. If seven out of eight of those factors weren't very, very uh, strong, but the growth potential was there, they might still yep. buy your company.
1: Absolutely correct. Absolutely, and actually, to be honest, those companies will be sellable yeah. because the prospective buyer knows that he can pay less money.
0: That's right. So he gets because this is
1: is it's it's not so good. Just the growth potential, he can see. I can really improve the valuation. Um, Like another example is if I see a bookkeeping business where there's no processes, no procedures, nothing, but I can see that they are, say, for example, in construction industry. A lot of legislation is changing in construction industry. I will definitely buy the business because I have the database. I will pitch into the construction industry. I come from construction industry and I can work on all these seven factors on my own and really increase the valuation and sell the bookkeeping business to someone else.
0: Love it. So every business is sellable, really, but it's yep. for how much?
1: For how much? Yes, that's it. That's it. So this tool, what it does is it's, it's, it's a 10 minutes questionnaire, probably 40, 40 43 questions. Yep. So anyone, absolutely anyone who's watching this, we'll share the link in below if that's okay, Darren. Sure. Um, they can just click it, fill the questionnaire, put some values in, and they will get instantaneously where they are sitting in the industry standards and where they are what are the industry standards and where they are on these eight factors and also currently what's their valuation and what's the potential valuation they can get right if they improve these drivers
0: yep love it that's fantastic very interesting well Chris that's been sensational a really incredible breakdown and you know a really really good way to think about you know, building a business that is not only always going to be sellable, but it's just going to be healthy for the long term. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if people want to work with you, how do they engage with you? How do they work with you? Do you work with them for a period of time, as long as they need, or how do you generally work?
1: So generally what we have is we, again, as we said, how many factors they need to work on, yeah. uh, Which which what's the motivations, and people do work on three factors with us just help us improving only three factors. So we work with them on monthly basis. Gotcha. So we meet either weekly once or fortnightly once, a one-on-one consultation, one hour, and we charge on monthly basis. That's one, one way of we charge, or sometimes people say, uh, I, I can't afford paying you upfront. Then we say, look, we will charge on the equity increase. Okay. So the valuation is this now, and the valuation which we're gonna increase is this much, and we charge 20%, 30% on the increased valuation. Okay. So it's a win-win situation for them too. So wow. they're not putting any money up front. Or sometimes they say, look, naturally, the end game, we get more money because yeah. you know we're not getting up front. And some people look at it and they can see the potential. They say, no, 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 we will pay you fee up front. Yeah. And then, you know, equity is my equity. We said, look, doesn't matter, we- whichever works for the client. Yeah.
0: Perfect. And you work with businesses all over the world or do you have a particular specialty in a specialty area?
1: We are only concentrating on Queensland at the moment. Okay. Uh but that doesn't mean that we can't work. At the moment we don't have any clients outside Australia.
0: Okay, great.
1: It's, it's only in Australia. So
0: mainly yeah. Australia, mainly Queensland and any niche, Queensland. any type of business as well?
1: well. we have a range, you know, at the moment we're working with a dental company, we're okay. working with a franchise or okay. um we're working with as I said the, the mechanic um, and, uh, yeah, just range, I guess, so end of anyone, the day, as I said,
0: anyone can work with you.
1: Anyone can work. As I said, it's just the eight factors. It could be Facebook or yep. it could be a cafe. Love it. We I just work it. on those eight, eight factors, eight drivers.
0: Fantastic, Krish. And, um, if people want to come and find you and, and talk about, you know, working with you, how do they do it? How do they find you?
1: Yep. So we are uh, located. We have our office on Mount Gravatt, nice. uh, on Logan Road. Um, just uh, uh, 1953 Logan Road. Yeah. Um, uh, we we call ourselves Tax Today. It's a big green building, so we also do taxation. Right. Um, right. That's that's one uh, franchise franchisee. We are part of franchisee, uh, but the, mm-hmm. we also have this Peak Value Advisory, which we do the advisory services, compliance, taxation, bookkeeping, everything from Peak Value Advisory, and the taxes, individual taxes, we do from Tax Today. Beautiful.
0: And I'm sure, uh, you know, they can find you on the website. They can find you on LinkedIn. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Facebook. So I'll make sure I put all those notes in there for you. Absolutely. Peakvalueadvisory.com.au. Chris Ravi Patty, you can find me on LinkedIn and Peak Value Advisory on LinkedIn as well. Love it.
0: Fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really enjoyed that. And I hope that everybody got a lot of value out of that because I think that was sensational. Very, very educational, informative, a lot of fun. And you brought in some really great um, real-life examples of companies and brands and styles of businesses that are doing a lot of these things already. So really, really powerful.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you, That's, um Thank you. Uh, um, as I said, uh, hopefully I did all right. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, for a person who never, never listened to a this.
0: podcast before, you've nailed
1: it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, <laughs> and, and, and look, um, actually, I should thank you because you guided me um, in this interview and, and uh, I, I really appreciate it um, the conversation. And also I absolutely enjoyed it. We had Uh, a very good, fantastic interaction. I loved it. Thank you.
0: I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you so much. And you know, the most important thing is we got all your great expertise out there into the world and people can really learn from this, um, this interview and also, and find you as well, if they want to work with you.
1: Awesome. And one thing again, the last thing, if I want to say something is no matter what business you're in, the first thing you need to think of after watching this interview is close your eyes and say someone walks to your door to buy your business is your business ready to be sold Love it. start very from interesting. there
0: yep very very good and that can drive everything else you do that that basically gives you a strategy for how to run your business for however long
1: however long that's it, Love it. let's start from there
0: well done, well, Chris. Thank you so much again, everybody out there. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for everybody, so you can find Chris and you can find out more about these eight drivers. But we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing with Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. Awesome. Bye for now. Thank you, everyone. Thanks thank again, you Thanks again for joining me for another episode of playing with perspective the suspended animation podcast if you would like to join me as a guest on the show i would be delighted to collaborate feel free to buzz me on 0414 659 or email me on darren at SuspendedAnimation.com.au. dot au i'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community also if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together and not sure where to begin look no further i run a really simple three-part podcasting course one-on-one with me where i walk you through the entire podcasting journey you will end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away feel free to get in touch to discuss further but for now though have a fantastic day and i'll see you next time